Welcome back to Chit Talk, where we talk about really good shit. My name is Annika. And my name is Rithu. Follow us on our socials, here to Chit Talk and Instagram for sneak previews, audio clips, and more. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to uh, yet another dating episode with the two of us, Ruthu and Annika. <laughs> <laughs> Who else would it be? <laughs> no, exactly. Who else would it be? Um, but yeah, I just sit back, relax, unwind with us with a bottle of wine as we discuss this week's topic of breakups. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am enjoying this sober grapefruit soda that my friend mm-hmm. got me. Oh, I've got the uh, leftover bottle here. <laughs> right next to my feet. Um, <laughs> it's actually a 2019 Gewurztraminer from Sea Ranch in BC. It's very Ooh. good. It's from the Okanagan Valley. I can highly nice. recommend it. Well, when I start drinking, I'll definitely try that. Oh, it's so good. It's like it's not <laughs> too sweet and it's like not too um too dry either, but it has I don't know. It's it's very full bodied, I guess. <laughs> I don't even know Ooh. what that means, but people can say it a lot. So I'm just gonna put it in there. <laughs> it sounds right. <laughs> I'm actually so glad that we're doing this because we've been Me doing too. a lot of episodes with interviews over the last little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of nice to just kind of get back to basics and just chat with you and just like hang out without yeah. just worrying about technical difficulties and oh, just stressing out. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's definitely been the most problematic thing for us over the past couple of weeks, just because, you know, with so many different platforms or Zoom that we're like, you know, trying to figure out there is Zencaster that has been loyal to us for, for the past several months. But we're just trying things here and there with our guests, just because there's one layer of having to do this remotely between you and I. And then like, there's another layer of like adding another person on top of it as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, just trying to streamline things. Yeah, we're back with another dating episode. Why? Because for some reason, people just really like listening to relationship and dating podcasts. Yeah, no. So recently, <laughs> recently, I actually I sent Annika the the engagement on Spotify alone. Mm. And I told her that our most listened to episode was our dating episode. Yeah, and we had yeah, like 400 streams overall just to the dating episode, which is crazy. But also, I think that it's a kind of great way to wrap up our dating chat to just kind of talk about Mm. breakups and the tough parts of like being in a relationship, right? But I think we should kick off our episode like we always do with a fun fact. So Annika, why don't you go first? I don't know how much of this will be fun, (laughs) or if it's, I don't know, I don't think it's like a breakup fact, but it's a fact about (laughs) divorce rates. Fun. Oh, uh, tell me about it. Okay. (laughs) So um, there are actually two countries that are tied for the third highest divorce rate. Is it Gibraltar or Gibraltar? (laughs) It's Gibraltar. Gibraltar. Okay, there we go. I've only had one sip of wine and here we are. (laughs) Um, Gibraltar and the United States, they each have a divorce rate of 3.2 divorces per every 1,000 residences. However, they sit behind Belarus and Russia being the number one country with the highest divorce rates. Interesting. Um, which is very interesting. I honestly thought that yeah. United States would be number one, but apparently it's Russia. 
I never even really thought about what country would have the most divorces. Like that's no, never, neither. <laughs> that's never, like, never crossed, crossed my mind. mind. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, I wonder, I wonder what countries have the most divorces. It's probably yeah. Russia. <laughs> yeah. And then on the flip side, um, there are other nations with very low divorce rates. And so hmm. the country with the lowest based on UN data is actually Sri Lanka with a divorce rate of 0.15 divorces per 1,000 residents. And then Vietnam has the next lowest rate at 0.4 divorces per every 1,000 residents. So yeah, if you're from uh, Sri Lanka, shout out to people from Sri Lanka. <laughs> you really know how to, you know, keep it Stay solid, married. keep it real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need to get, like, get some tips from people over there. Yeah, I never know. I did not know that. But I bet you didn't know my fact this week. Fun fact. Uh, not mm. fun. It's just factual. Um, so <laughs> There are no um, fun facts this week. <laughs> there are no fun. No, there are no fun facts this week. So um, four studies conducted by Harvard University found that there was a correlation between attractiveness and relationship longevity and found mm. that those more attractive were actually married for shorter durations and are more likely to divorce. Whoa, hold up. So, what? Yeah. Whoa. So yeah. So there can be a bunch of different reasons for this. And mm. they put some of this to looking to alternative partners and having a mm. mindset of the grass is always greener on the other side. Christine McCallum's at Harvard University and her colleagues began by asking two women to judge the attractiveness of 238 men as pictured in their high school yearbooks, age 17 to 18. The researchers mm -hmm. then accessed Ancestry.com to find the men's marriage and divorce data for the 30 years since their high school photos were taken. Is the this allowed? I mean, there were four studies conducted by Harvard, oh, so I guess fair. it was allowed. I must have like signed um, some forums, NDAs. Probably. But the men who were rated as more facially attractive were more likely to be divorced and to have had marriages of shorter length. Wow. So isn't that interesting? That is very interesting. Yeah, I bet you uh, didn't know that. I'll be rethinking my future relationships <laughs> now. <laughs> really putting this in the back burner, but I'll, I'll be conscious of it. <laughs> I've been through my fair share of heartache and mm -hmm. I know that Annika has been as well, but how do you deal with a breakup, Annika? Through many different ways. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we know collectively we created a sort of a do and don'ts list for breakups, but I think, I don't know, personally for me, when I break up with someone or, you know, if the relationship is no longer, I'd probably take some time just to surround myself with friends, just to be around positive energy, just to keep myself busy, um, occupy myself with just being productive, just taking my mind off of things. I do allow for an entire week where I do get my feelings. I will like allow it <laughs> just for one week. No just more. one week. Just one week. Just one week when I can like listen to some Frank Ocean with some Taku's songs to break up to EP while like standing in the shower or like taking a warm bath surrounded by candles, <laughs> like while smoking a joint, like I'll allow it for one week, <laughs> but nothing more. After that, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna boss ass bitch. Like I'm gonna focus on me and then I'm just gonna like hang out with friends. I'm gonna do whatever I want. Like I'm a 
free woman. But somehow <laughs> this only lasts for maximum six months. And I just find myself <laughs> into another relationship. And man, I I think you can definitely speak to, you know, thriving being single, like later on, you know, in this podcast. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> well, how do you deal with hardships and breakups? So like literally the exact opposite. <laughs> oh, <laughs> So okay. like for for me in a breakup or at least in my case like I get in my feelings and I really really revel in them because mm-hmm. when I feel things or when I'm upset about stuff I actually don't normally like talking about them that's something mm-hmm. that I've realized over the last little bit it's like it's like pulling teeth to get me get me to talk about what I'm upset about or something that's right. bothering me yeah. and I mean, I'm happy to cry and it feels so good to cry sometimes, Mm -hmm. but like I just don't really don't really get an opportunity or I don't really have much to cry about. That sounds so funny and weird, but like Mm -hmm. I don't have much to cry about, like not a lot of stuff bothers me. But when I'm really upset, like Mm -hmm. I just get in my feelings and I really cry. And actually, Annika's seen that plenty of times. And I've also seen Annika cry a couple of times. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like I've, I hardly ever see you cry. So when I do, it's so heartbreaking and I'm just like, oh my God, like a little teddy bear. (laughs) And like to see you cry is just so heart wrenching. But yeah, I think I completely agree with you. I think, you know, having a good cry, like it feels so shit in the moment. But like when you recover from that afterwards, it's just like, oh my God, just bad juju be gone. You know? Yeah. And I'd, I don't know if you feel this way, but like for me, when when I cry, if my heart feels really heavy, it feels like mm. I've just like removed a whole bunch of weight off of my chest. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. it just yeah, it feels so much better. Like I, mm-hmm. I have like release. But then shortly after that, I try and keep myself busy and like get occupied in so many projects, much like mm-hmm. you do. I try and do all the things that I have been putting off for a really long time. And I actually spend a lot of time writing about like what's bothering me and what's upsetting me. That I don't do. That it really helps. It really helps Mm. because like we'll talk about this a little bit later, but like in terms of breakups, like if it was out of your control or like if it kind of happened suddenly and not really having really too much too much closure, writing it out and talking about that on a piece of paper will help you make sense of what happened. Mm -hmm. So I just try to journal during times of turmoil (laughs) and it really helps. It totally helps. That's awesome. I've, I've never actually done that before, but I feel like, yeah, just to, you know, have your thought process written and just visualized into writing it just mm-hmm. gives you a better understanding and a better grasp of like what you felt. And it sort of makes what you feel more tangible and more real, right? Because all the emotions that you're feeling during a breakup is completely valid. And like, you know, it can be rational and irrational at the same time, but then you're making it tangible and you're making it real by putting it down on a piece of paper. And I definitely should have done that in the past with some of my <laughs> past relationships. I think it just, you know, would help me process things better. I mean, like I obviously do the bad things too. So like, actually, I'll (laughs) tell you a funny story. I'll tell you a funny story. So out of out of the things that we said, like, this is what we don't or this is what you shouldn't do. Right. Mm -hmm. So I am not one to stalk my ex or my ex's social media in any way, shape or form. Don't list. That was going to be my don'ts list. (laughs) 
<laughs> but but can I just can I just say though I don't actively do it but I shit you not I legit went on my explore page on Instagram and I saw no. I saw my my ex's new person right why and why I'm just like Instagram. I'm just like Instagram why you gotta do me like that like Mark why Zuckerberg. <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg I just have a few words for you man like, come on yeah don't do this and like and and the thing is is like sometimes I don't even think about it like I don't actively I'm not like okay I'm mm-hmm. going to go creep said person. But then I see them and I'm like, oh, no. And then I just like go down a wormhole of just creeping them on social media. Oh, no. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that so much. That actually um popped up on my don'ts list. So I have like a just a f- like short few bullet points here. But I wrote Ooh. here, don't create a finsta to just stalk them or the girls <laughs> that they are <laughs> or the girls that they are currently talking to slash they are with Grace. Um, <laughs> but no, it's, it's just, it's so clever because like, you know, especially this is really, this is really bad. And I feel like, you know, caller daddy might've like copyrighted this, but you can create an Instagram where it looks completely normal. Like it could just be like a fake coffee shop or, you know, a fake plant store and you post photos of said plants <laughs> or said coffee with, you know, a baguette or a croissant, you make it look legit. But you follow people who have private accounts. I'm not encouraging this, but I am just saying that <laughs> people. Here's an idea. <laughs> here's not an idea. I'm just saying people do this, but you definitely shouldn't. Don't be that toxic person. Don't do that. Also, don't check their snap score every day to see if their score has increased. This oh my God. Hurts. It hurts. It hurts. So it hurts. Much. <laughs> mentally and like physically on the inside like don't do it i've done it before it f-ing sucks just <laughs> don't i can't stress this enough and also i don't know if people use snapchat a lot personally i don't don't check their snap locations i mean don't just don't do it don't be a creep just don't, <laughs> don't. be a creep just don't no ignorance is bliss and i feel like yeah. there are some areas where you should just you should just leave it. Just, you know, close, close one eye, close two eyes, close your ears. Just, I don't know. Just don't try to get too riled up. And uh, I don't know. Or like turn your locations off. Like, I don't know. I have mine off. <laughs> you yeah. don't want anyone creeping on where you're at. No, no, that's just weird. But um, yeah, those are my top three. <laughs> Don'ts. <laughs> On a, on a more serious note is that mm-hmm. like, I think that a lot of people fresh out of a breakup, you know, they do all these things where they're spending time with friends, keeping themselves busy and like yeah. trying to do all this stuff. But can I just say, don't jump back into a relationship with them until you're absolutely sure that it's the right thing to do. Because where that, was this podcast? It, like <laughs> two years ago, <laughs> I needed this. <laughs> because you know the feelings are still there and when you're when you're fresh out of a breakup you like miss that person and you just really think that it's I'm talking to myself like three years ago where I did that where I was just like oh I'm gonna take back the person that I was gonna be dating or that I was dating previously and that wasn't the right decision for me and I still stand by it but Mm -hmm. I did it because I was afraid to be single I was afraid of not finding someone again. And I was afraid of being uncomfortable on my own. 
that as much as that fucking sucks in the moment, it is so worth it. It is so mm-hmm. worth it after the fact because you just learn so much. I feel like you do your most growing and you're learning when you spend time by yourself. That's just the way that I feel about it. I just feel like you understand more about who you are and what you're capable of doing as a person when you're spending time by yourself or on your own. And I don't know if it's like an insecurity of mine or like, I feel like I never really had those, you know, single years where I could just truly enjoy just being alone and just enjoy being by myself and having that independence, you know, just really thriving and being single and not having a relationship. Maybe it's because I'm subconsciously, you know, like I said, like I'm just feeling alone or because I moved across the world to just come here in Vancouver. And it gives me some sort of sanity, like knowing that I have someone who like looks out for me, who like takes care of me. Like I know it definitely gives my mom some sort of peace of mind and gives my parents some sort of like peace of mind as well. And knowing that someone's looking out for me yeah, but totally. Yeah, I I just wish that I had, you know, maybe a year to myself that I could just like fully grow and fully like, I don't know, just really enjoy being one with myself instead of yeah. just jumping between partners or jumping between relationships because I think it gives you more time to just clear your mind, clear your head and really just grasp the um the emotions that come after breakups and just tie those tie those dead ends to, ooh dead ends that sounds really like <laughs> tie those ends and are you sorry and i <laughs> tie those ends together in um, some sort of like closure way but personally like yeah. internally for you This actually gives me a great segue to talk about the next topic that we wanted to talk about. Most of the time, Annika, you're the dumper. I don't think that you're, you you know, you're the person that's the one that like ends the relationship. I don't think that I've seen you be the one to be dumped. So maybe, maybe that has more (laughs) to do with it too, right? I, I think so. Yeah. Because like, I think that, I think that, I actually found something really cool that I wanted to share with you. I, yeah. As I was doing research for the podcast, I was looking at stages of a breakup for the dumper and Ooh. stages of the breakup for the dump E. So for the dumper, it says that it goes from relief to elation, then memories, neutrality, and then sadness. I thought that that was particularly interesting. So basically mm-hmm. what they said was like at first they only see a certain aspect of the relationship, which is mm-hmm. seeing the negatives, wanting freedom, finally feeling happy, getting time to think, looking forward to dating other people, wanting to be busy. And then elation is that like they get to do all the things that they had never been able to do while they were in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're so excited about it. And then after that time, they start thinking about memories or specific nostalgic moments that they had in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And then they get to a point where they're neutral and they can see the positives and the negatives of the relationship. And they slowly start letting go of like all of the negative memories that they may have associated with the breakup and Mm -hmm. lean more into the in toward the positive ones. And then finally... If at all, the person feels like 
they regret their decision or they are missing out on it. They realize that even though they're the one that dumped the person, that they Mm -hmm. accept the part of which that they had played in order to lead to that breakup. Okay, interesting. So that's that's what they that's what they listed as the cycle for a breakup from the view of the person doing the dumping, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that is very interesting. I mean, I can sort of see that in reflection and in parallel to um, one of my longer relationships where I lived with my partner, and um, yeah, like we were such good friends, and like. I think I knew it was like months leading up to it. And like, I think I told you and several of my other close friends and I was just like, yeah. my heart wasn't there anymore. And I just fell out of love. And like, it sounds super cliched, but it does happen, right? Where you just realize that you guys are better off as friends rather than intimate, you know, companions or, or mm-hmm. just take the relationship further because he saw me in his future and I didn't see him in mine. I think that was like the, you know, the turning point for me because we were living together at that point and I just, I just felt like I couldn't take that any further and that would be really unfair to him as well. I think I, I already felt like mentally that I was already, this sounds also like super bad again, but like I was mentally checked out months prior to the breakup. And so, you know, when I broke up with him, my heart wasn't there at all. And so I was at least for me, I felt like, okay, I, I can completely move on now. Like I'm totally mm-hmm. fine because I was already mentally checked out like four or three months ago, right? As we were breaking up and I was moving out and I was just taking the time for myself. I think, you know, I would look back at photos of us, the places that we've traveled to together and yeah. I would get pretty sad. Like obviously, you know, those yeah. memories that you share with someone, those experiences that you've shared with someone as well, like you can't, no one can take that away from you, right? So totally. And you can't just like forget those things overnight either. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, memories are just, they're so key into like shaping you. And all these experiences are a part of me. And they're like small puzzle pieces to who I am today. And mm-hmm. just knowing a person for three years and being with a person for three and a half years, I think it was three years or three and a half. It's a long time to like know someone and then just to see those memories and to see those photos and those videos. It's just like, man, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it I totally that, sucks. Yeah. I think the sadness definitely came after the fact that we, uh, that I broke up with him. So. Yeah. I, I thought that was super interesting. Cause like I, Very. yeah, I saw that and I was just like, maybe, yeah. Like I, I feel like if I was in, in the shoes of the person doing the dumping, like that would be how I would feel. Right. Is that like, I'm ready to leave the relationship. So obviously I'm the one doing the breaking, but like Mm -hmm. I reflect back on it later, obviously. And so let me go to the stages of breakup for the dumpy, which is AKA me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, but basically If you know the five stages of grief, it is exactly that. So basically, at first, it's denial, then depression, anger, acceptance, and recovery. So it's very similar to the five stages of grief, except there's bargaining. So basically, the first initially after the breakup, it comes as a mm-hmm. shock to the dumpies because they refuse to accept reality for what it is. Then they get into a depressive stage, which they experience extreme melancholy like melancholy. Um, Mm -hmm. It can last, you know, several months depending on the individual and how invested they are in the relationship. And then eventually 
it can go into anger or unwanted emotions that basically they're angry at their previous partner for putting them through a very difficult situation. And then finally comes uh, after that comes acceptance where they've accepted the breakup and notice that there's you're not seeing it through rose colored glasses and mm-hmm. that there were negative sides to the relationship. And finally, during the recovery stage, the dumpies lives <laughs> become independent of their exes. Um, as the negative emotion subsides, the dumpies think less and less of the dumpers. So I can definitely say that that all of this was the case for me. (laughs) And I actually, I think that the moment that I realized that I was completely recovered from my relationship was when weeks went by when I didn't think of my, my previous relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the moment when I realized I was like, oh, I I'm okay now. Like I'm fine. But I look back on the person that I was. And obviously I had a lot of that year was like such a train wreck of a year for me. Oh my God. Yeah. And for that to like happen in the midst of all of it, it was just like the cherry on top. It was just, it was just, yeah, it was just too much for me. And I remember the day after the break, the breakup happened, I Mm. was sobbing like unconsolably sobbing and I legitimately was just like oh man I think my life is over I straight up think I'm gonna die and obviously it was being like melodramatic but also it felt like it and Mm -hmm. I actually I read a couple of facts in the facts that I was doing where like people physically experience heartbreak and pain when it comes to like a breakup which is crazy to me like your your body's so invested in every sense of the word that like when you break up with someone it really hurts. And I, yeah. So, I mean, in my case, like I was with my previous partner for like two, two going on three years when Mm. our relationship ended, it would have been three years. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a great, (laughs) it wasn't a great relationship, but I mean, it was great in the beginning, but then it started breaking down and Mm -hmm. said person decided to pursue other interests while being in our relationship as that's as nicely as I'm going to put it. Other Um, people you mean, but yes, other people. (laughs) Yep. Say it, but yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I found out through the person, like the, the girl and she talked to me and she's like, I had no idea about you. I had no idea this was all going on. And when I first confronted my my ex about it, he was just like, oh, no, this is totally not true. Only to have her send me a whole bunch of screenshots. And screenshots do not lie. They do not no, lie. They do not. Yeah, I, I respect her for that. I honestly do. And like girls supporting girls, Honest- even though she like she did, you know, she was talking to him and stuff. But I still feel like her being outspoken about it and coming up to you to tell you about it. Yeah. Like respect. Yeah, I like I genuinely I had no I had no idea that looking back on it, I actually even then in that moment, I was not mad at her at all because I was just like at first I was upset because I didn't know whether or not to believe her because to me I'm in this like long-term trusting relationship and so I'm like no way that could happen and I was like she's just trying to put a like spoke in the wheel she's just trying to things up like that was just that was my mindset stir the pot and (laughs) you know like I'm actually so grateful to her and like I'm very very thankful 
for her because it took mm-hmm. a lot of courage on her part to like confront me and tell me exactly what mm-hmm. was happening. And I respect anyone that's willing to face embarrassment and do that. And like me being the softy that I am, which you all of you already know, you know, after a couple of months after I ended it or like we ended our relationship, I took him back because I'm like, he's the love of my life. I can't live without him. <laughs> I feel so, like I feel like girls do that in their first relationship, like their first yeah, love. Serious, like, I am serious so relationship. Guilty. Yeah, like I am so guilty of doing that. Yeah, I'm so guilty of doing that in like my first relationship as well. Cause I'm like, I am so invested emotionally and like yeah. I'm just, you know, mentally, I'm just so connected with this guy. Like he was my high school sweetheart. And I was just like, oh my God, yeah. we're so gonna get married. Like we're so gonna have children. <laughs> and I was so stupid. Cause yeah. like obviously that wasn't gonna happen. And he turned into a sociopath yeah. to be yeah. to cut it nicely. I think now we know more than ever our respect and our self-worth because back totally. then I I had absolutely zilch of any of those. And you know what? Sis, same. Like yeah. I was exactly, I mean, I can totally align with that. That was exactly mm-hmm. where I was because I took him back even yeah. though I wasn't ready, even though I wasn't, I knew that I couldn't trust him, but I held on to the feeling of the love that I had. And mm-hmm. what happens, what I think, at least in my case, I don't know about you, when we broke up and then we got back together, I wasn't thinking about the issue and the problem that happened. I thought about all the good moments that we had and basically right. played the highlight reel in my head. And I'm like, well, our relationship was so great. This is this is what it was. Like, this mm-hmm. is what our relationship was. And it was for those reasons that I actually was like, okay, I need to get back together with my partner was oh, like, 100%. this is, you know what, I, this is what I need to do. And then lo and behold, a couple of months later, because we were long distance, long distance ish, the plan was that after I graduated university, that I would find a place out there and a job out there and move out there to him. But nothing was lining up because I was a new grad and you know how that goes. It's kind mm-hmm. of hard to find work. And um, yeah, it is. And I had more opportunities out here and he wasn't willing to come out here to just move out here and kind of sacrifice some time for mm-hmm. me. And he pretty much was like, how much longer are we going to do this? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. And then he broke up with me. <laughs> so it was like adding insult to injury that I got broken up yeah. with <laughs> yeah. after I took him back. And you it doubt. was like, that's, I think that's why I took it as hard as I did was just like, okay, I ended it initially mm-hmm. or Like, you know, we mutually, I was just like, this is, I can't do this. This is hurting me so, so much. And then I took him back because I was just like, obviously that's what we're supposed to be together. And then Mm -hmm. for him to just throw all of the freedom and like all of the trust that I had, whatever trust I had left out the window for his convenience, just it hurt my pride so, mm-hmm. so much hurt my ego and my pride. And I think that's why I was as heartbroken as I was at the end of our relationship. Yeah. So whew, I, I mean, like it took me a really long time to recover after that. I don't know. I don't know about you after your first relationship, but like it, yeah. like 
I don't know. It's just, it was very tough because like, you know, I, I was just moving to Vancouver and I was just moving here for jumpstart orientation and just going into jumpstart and starting my first few months at UBC. And I was so excited. There was just so much going on, just so much Mm -hmm. to see, so much to do, so many new friends that I was trying to make. So him and I, um, we've known each other since, um, probably eighth grade and we started dating probably like eighth, ninth grade. And we tried to make it work. It was like on off, which I thought was normal back then because back in high school, we didn't really know a lot about dating or what we wanted in a boyfriend. So if it worked, it worked. It was great. And he was my first love. I was his first as well. So we thought it was great and we thought it was going to work out. And so I moved to UBC, to Vancouver, and he went to Boston University on the other side of the continent. So obviously, with the time difference, that didn't really work out. This is my first long distance relationship, my only long distance relationship, actually. And um, yeah, yeah, it just just didn't really work out. Long story short, he blackmailed me. He was verbally abusive as well. And so I was, I was really... I was really down in the dumps. And like, I think it took me a long time to get out of that. And then, you know, I broke it off with him because I was like, okay, this is not working. I shouldn't be treated this way. And so I broke it off with him. Didn't hear from him for about maybe a year and a bit. And so when I was visiting my family back home in Singapore, I caught up with him because I was stupid and dumb and young. And I was like, you know what? If this is meant to be, it's meant to be. And so naturally, (laughs) we rekindled the old spark again. And so we tried to make things work again because I'm like, oh, no, this must be it. He must be the one. Again, I was 19 and, you know, and naive. So yeah. Again, he was verbally abusive and just blackmailing me to the point where we had to get both of our parents involved and we nearly had to get lawyers involved as well, which was really scary. But yeah, after getting his parents involved and um, talking to them about it and just being open with my parents as well, which is very, very hard on my part, they decided to drop things. And so, Yeah. yeah, I think at that point, I was definitely at my lowest point in my life. I was definitely very depressed for about two to four months. And um, I think I realized in that moment, my own self-worth, my own, you know, self-respect. And I really came out of that stronger and more mature than I ever have before. And, uh, you know, it's such a cliche when people say like, oh, you got to have that one relationship that's like super shitty to like, you know, it's character building, which it totally is. Like, I think you definitely need to have that one really, really bad relationship that just sort of tears you apart, just so you know what you want, what you don't want in a person, but also to realize how much you are worth, how shitty some other people are and how much they're not a good fit for you as well. Totally. After that relationship, you obviously know because you have all of the inside scoop on my dating uh, Mm -hmm. life. And, you know, after that relationship, I dated people and like I went out on dates and I was dating some people here and there. And like I learned even through that, I learned so much about myself and what works for me and what doesn't. And now I'm kind of at a point where it's just like, if someone exhibits one of the things that I don't like in a relationship, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not going to work. I just know it oh, yeah. now. And yeah, I think we maybe, like have a mental checklist of like what we want, what we don't want in a partner, right? Because yeah. like we've already had all, all those experiences. And like, yeah. I know now that I have this mental checklist of like, 
someone says or does one of these things now, I'm just like, okay, I should be like a little bit wary. I should like keep my distance. I should not pursue this yeah. person. Yeah. And like for for me, it's just like it's not it's not necessarily like, oh, they need said job or said goals or said ambition or like anything like that. It's just a character checklist more than anything. Mm -hmm. It's like, what do you exhibit as a person, as a human being, as just a good person? What do you exhibit that I value that I want to be surrounded by as a person? And that's what I try to look for. And I think that I got I got kind of like down in the dumps recently because I was just like, oh man, it's been like three years since I've been in a relationship, like a proper mm-hmm. one, not just like dating random people here and there. But then I was just like, you know what? I think that the reason for that is not because I'm being picky or I'm being particular, but it's just now I have an idea of what I want and I still haven't Good. found that person yet. So totally okay too. like just take your time at it. Like there's no rush. There's no need to find that person immediately. Like let it come to you, you know? Yeah, I still have to I have to wait for that. That what did that psychic say? I need to wait for three years to find my soulmate. (laughs) When when was that, though? It has been like, oh, my God. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. Let me let me check. Um, my Instagram because my Instagram is my frame of reference because of the one time we went to the Richmond Night Market. So Annika, why don't you tell our audience what is what this is about? Okay, sure. Let me just take a glass of wine, please. (laughs) And I'll be on my way. Uh, see you later, Ranch. Reverse demeanor. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think it was about two years ago where you and I and several other friends, we went to the Richmond Night Market. As you do as a Vancouverite, you know, you just go there and check out some different Asian cuisines and just, you know, they're really fun games there and such. It's like a little um, night market. And uh, yeah, there was this <laughs> little tent with a fortune teller inside. And Ruthu thought it'd be a fun idea to just go in there and just see her fortune in the next yeah. coming years. And so I sat there because she could have like an audience of one other person. And so um, the lady said that in the upcoming years from that point onwards, you'd be very financially savvy. Um, I couldn't really remember the details, but she said in two years time, you'll be able to find the person that you'd be like settling down with. Um, did so, you yeah, say what his so, occupation was at all? So, or? so here's the thing. So, businessman. I, I, I <laughs> so I found the post. So it was 2018. So two years ago, but she said in three years' time from that time, and she said that he would be in finance. How broad oh, is that? Yeah. So that I mean, the like population to everyone in Greater <laughs> Vancouver. So thank pretty you. Pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like for for me obviously like i'm not i'm not in a rush to do that obviously i feel kind of pressure from my mom sometimes because i think she just wants me to like be settled and like find someone that will take care of me when she isn't around and i think that that's like a common maybe maybe it's just like a just a parent mentality in general where they're like, we want our we want our kids to be taken care of when we can and also we're both only children so it totally makes sense for the both of us to have similar yeah. like attributes in that right only daughters um, like only children only daughters. daughters yeah exactly in, in and, an asian family as well might i add yep, because i feel yep. like 
you know, it's, it's natural for Asian families to, for like the younger kids to be taken care of by like older parents. And then also having other people like take care of their own female daughters. It's funny because that actually got me thinking on a train of thought. But basically, mm-hmm. if you remember a couple of months ago, well, this is specifically directed towards Annika, not all of you guys, but I basically went through like a weird mental breakdown where I just was like what? so when? upset. Well, you oh remember this, like when I was like really upset about like a bunch of different things and I just freaked out at my mom and oh, we had yeah, like this yeah. huge, huge blow up. And I was just like crying and sobbing to her about like so many different things that were weighing on me that was bothering me. And like one of the things was that I felt a lot of pressure to be dating or like in a relationship. And I'm like, why does a relationship have to be the thing that defines me as a person? Right. It doesn't. Like, yeah. And I felt like it was weighed so heavily on me that it was it was like a burden it was like another thing that I had to worry about like aside from a job and like my goals and my dreams and aspirations and bills and paying the rent and all of that stuff it's like oh great now I have to find a person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with like it was just it was just too much for me and I just like was freaking out and it was I think it was in that moment that I think my dad and both of my mom as well, they were there together when that conversation Mm -hmm. happened because I think all of us were crying at that point because I was so upset. But basically, basically my, my parents were like, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do until you're ready to do it. I know that like we say that, but it's just, or like my mom in this case was like, I know I say that all the time, but like I, I'm only saying it because I want the best for you and I'm always worried 100%. about you. Yeah. And it's, I, I mean, after we kind of like talk that through, I definitely feel a lot better about it because now I'm just like thriving in my singleness. I don't know about oh, you, yeah. but like, I feel like I'm definitely totally not am. thriving. In, I'm definitely not <laughs> no. thriving in any singleness right now. But like, what I can say is like, I think, you know, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And I feel like, you know, it obviously comes from good intentions and your parents want the best for you, obviously. And like, they want you to be happy. And I feel like that's where it stems from. Like, they want you to be happy. And like, maybe they think that happiness also stems from like you having a partner, which, you know, can and cannot be true at the same time. So if you're enjoying your freedom and like your mobility in life without having constraints, oh, again, I got to stop with these like negative without the, without the, um, Oh, whatever. I'm just going to say the constraints of having a relationship and being tied down with a person, you know, you have that freedom to be your own person and do whatever you please and not have to dedicate half your time to someone else. You can just dedicate that to you. So, well, yeah. And like, so going off of that, I, after my, after my breakup happened, I was so invested in that person that like, obviously I was the one that was being dumped. So I took it a lot harder and I felt like I forgot who I was as a person. Like I completely, I think that was part of the reason why I felt more upset as well was that like, I had no idea who I was anymore or Mm -hmm. what I cared about. And I felt kind of like I lost a sense of self. And I was feeling very sorry for myself for a very long time where I was just like, why am I still single? Like, why are all of my friends dating people? Like, why can't I have a boyfriend? And it was just such a stupid mindset to have because Mm -hmm. now 
I mean, like, obviously, I think that we all would like to have a person that we share our time with and we, you know, tell about our day and we have intimate moments with and like have that romantic time with. But I have all of this time to work on the things that I care about. And like this year, you know, we're doing so much with the podcast. We're recording episodes every week, which is like so much more than we were doing last week. I'm helping produce a podcast. I'm also editing videos for Emma. And like, it just feels like so much of that creative void that you've been like, not having over the past year like you're fulfilling so much of what you wanted in the past year and you're like you know ticking off all your new year's resolutions as well which is like pretty incredible if you ask me like that's pretty bang on you know and I'm so I'm actually so thankful for my singleness as weird as that sounds I am so (laughs) so I am so thankful for my singleness because take that mom yeah take that mom (laughs) But I, you know, I can take this time to just be the baddest bitch that I can possibly be. And like, I can make connections, network and really be the person that like 15 year old me was like aspiring to be as a grown up. That's what I, that's what I am like aiming for is that like, I want to be miles better than I was from where I was five years ago. And I'm already yeah. halfway there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like keeping going. Incredible. And also, this is total tangent, but have you seen the movie How to Be Single? Yes. I actually watched that twice in a row after I ended my relationship. And it's such a good movie. It's such it a feel such good a movie. Good... Oh, man, it's great. And it, and the best part is it's like it has the vibes of a romantic comedy without mm. the romance at the end, yeah. which I think is like such an ingenious plot line. It's just mm-hmm. like it basically the story it follows. I think uh, what's that girl's name? I can't remember. Dakota. What's her face? But she's from yeah. the Fifty Shades of Grey movie. But mm-hmm. basically, you know, she was in a long term relationship with her partner throughout college. And then before she starts her job outside of college, she decides to like end things with him. Then you know, she goes off and does her own thing. And then she volleys back and forth between these like traditional breakup things where it's like, okay, I start dating another person or I Mm -hmm. start partying a lot or I go back to my person and goes through these cycles of like figuring stuff out. And at the end of the movie, she just ends up staying single, works on herself, does the things that she cares about. She, I don't know, she went on this like crazy hike or trek or something yeah, at the end she of did. her yeah and yeah, like it ended it was, the movie with like her backpacking alone and I was like damn I really want to go backpacking alone right now like <laughs> <laughs> it gave me that sort of like positive push and I was just like damn I should definitely like, travel alone hell yeah and then like COVID yeah. happened I was like well no <laughs> uh, whatever um, whatever but yeah. I I 100% recommend if you are going through a breakup please watch that movie. It'll make you feel so, so good. Like it'll, it did some healing things for me for sure. And and for me. Yeah, Yeah, I totally agree. But yeah, just to sort of backtrack, if you don't mind, um, about like losing oneself and such. I can actually say that I lost myself while in a relationship. So even though you sort of lost yourself while, I don't know, 
being alone and single, like I definitely like lost myself in a relationship. When I first started living with my previous partner, I, I think I realized at that point, like especially during that turning point where I knew that this wasn't what I wanted. Yeah, I didn't really feel like it was my living space either. And so we lived in, you know, a small place, a small apartment, one bedroom apartment in Kitsilano. And Mm -hmm. it was never truly mine to begin Mm -hmm. with. It was just, you know, it was his space. Yeah, you moved into his his apartment, right? Yeah, right. And so he lived there prior to me moving in, but he had lived there for quite some time, I think just the year before me, but mm-hmm. I was, you know, not able to redecorate it however I wanted to. I never felt the freedom of inviting my friends over. I was actually pretty embarrassed of the way that I was living, so I never really mm-hmm. invited my friends over at all. And so because I wasn't able to have the freedom to redecorate it as I pleased and not have my friends over. And you know, like you out of all people know how much I love having friends over and how how much I love socializing and how much I would just love to have like, you know, dinner parties and just cook for my friends and just have my friends over for, you know, a couple of glasses of wine. And that was sort of stripped away from me when I, I lived there for an entire year. And I realized that wasn't for me and that I was sort of losing pieces of myself because I was trying to uphold something. And I was trying to like put him up on a pedestal and be like, no, this is what I want. This is I should be with this person. Stick this through because we're living together. But I realized that that wasn't me and that's not the way that I want to live. And so that was the tipping point for me. And I was just like, you know what? I, I got to get the f- out of here. Yeah. Um, so I did with my mom's help. Yeah, yeah. Very grateful for that. And might I add that parents have this really strange intuition. This has been for my first high school boyfriend and for my previous boyfriend as well. But my mom has this like, strange inkling and when she has a strange intuition about a person I'm just always like shrugging it off like no mom you're just being ridiculous like I get super defensive and I'm like mom like you're just saying that like don't say that that's super hurtful and she's just like he's a nice guy but I don't think he's the one Annika like I just don't see this being end game and I'm just like you know that's so rude like how could you say that but looking back at it now I just yeah I'm I'm super grateful of that and I can safely say that mom you're a freaking psychic. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's sort of happened to you as well, where your parents just have, you know, said no to a guy and them just being right about it. Okay. So, so this is actually, this is funny. So during my mental breakdown earlier, my parents and I, we had a conversation and I kind of opened up to them to a lot of the trauma that I had in my previous relationship with all of the things that were said, the way that I was mm-hmm. treated, all of the things that had happened culminating to the end of our relationship. And, you know, as I was explaining these things, because I didn't share them with my parents, because like I said, when I'm sad, I'm just sad and I hold it in a lot and I don't really talk about it Mm -hmm. because it's just too many sad things to tackle at once. (laughs) So so I just kind of like I keep it on the inside. I process. And then when I'm ready to talk about it, I talk about it. I actually that's my biggest pet peeve is when someone forces me to talk about something when I'm not ready to talk about it. It's like, can you stop, please? Like I talking about it is not going to make me feel better. And I've actually had that with different situations where it's like, tell me how you feel. And I'm like, I'm not ready to tell you how I feel. And then they force me to talk about it. And I still don't feel any better. Anyways, going back to what I was talking about, my parents basically said, listen, we don't know who you're going to end up with, but we knew that he wasn't the right person for you. 
But we saw that you were so happy that we were just like, okay, if this is the decision she wants to make, that we're going to let her make and go through everything and understand it herself. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. So it's, it's a similar, they had similar feelings, but they had a different approach, right? right? Where it was just like, we understand that you care about him and that you love him, but we're not going to say anything because she seems so happy. We are sure that she'll take those steps to make the right decision eventually. That was the vibe that I got from my parents was that they're just like, we knew that you would make the decision that was right for you eventually. And lo and behold, you did. Because like after everything that happened, there's no way that I would ever put myself in a situation like that ever again. And I think that my parents recognize that. And at least on my dad's part, like he knows that I know exactly what I want and exactly what I need. And so that's why I'm being as picky as I am about dating or like finding the person that's right for me. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to be traumatized by stuff like that again. I don't deserve to get treated like that ever, nor does anyone. Right. And I can see that from a mile away now. At first, um, when my partner and I, we were together, it was a year until my ex and my parents actually met. Because at the time, at the time, my parents were living in Saskatchewan, so they weren't here. And my parents finally moved back and, you know, Thanksgiving was happening. And my mom was like, well, we still haven't met him and you've been together for a year. You're telling me that we are not going to meet him. You're telling me that you're not going to introduce him. And so this is this is a fun fun story. Wasn't fun at the time, but basically <laughs> I used to have I used to have a really good friend that I was pretty much childhood friends with around the same time that Chantel and I became friends. She had her ideas of what she wanted my relationship to look like or what our relationship between me and her should look like and me dating my boyfriend at the time didn't necessarily fulfill those things for her. Mm -hmm. And so she saw my mom at the grocery store and she legitimately came up to my mom and started talking shit about me and my relationship, saying completely false things to her. So basically she, I believe she said something along the lines of, that I'm financially supporting him. Like, bitch, with what money? Like, I was a college student saying that, like, he was a bad influence on me. And (laughs) I basically, I came home to my mom legit just being so f***ing pissed at me, being like, if we don't meet him, you're breaking up with him. Like, (gasps) right then and there. And also, yeah. And so listen, this was also like when I was in my second or third year of university. So I'm still financially dependent on my parents. They pay for everything. And for my mom to be like, oh, you need to break up with him. It's just like, I felt very much still under my parents' guidance. I felt very much like I had to talk about it. And the thing was, I didn't even really know about what was going on until like my dad was like, this happened, just so you know. And so I was crying. I went over to Chantel's and I called her and I was like, how could you, how could you say all of these things to my mom? And she, she, I can't even remember what she said, but right after that, I called my ex-boyfriend and I was just like, listen, if you don't come 
to visit. And I know you're scared of visiting my parents because he was nervous to meet my parents for the first Mm -hmm. time because he wasn't sure how they would react or how they would treat him and all of that stuff. And he was just like, I I told him, I was like, you need to come now or we're not going to be together. That's Mm -hmm. just the way it is. And so (laughs) flash forward a day, he's here, he meets my parents and my parents you know, they liked him. They, from, from what I gathered at that moment of time, like they liked him and they realized that the things that she said wasn't true because they mm-hmm. weren't at all. But That's so horrible. Um, I think that was the only point of time when my mom's like, you have to break up. I think it was more out of fear more than anything where she's just like, yeah, I don't know what's happening. I think that's the only time that that's ever happened. Yeah. And again, like, you know, parents, they say these things out of caution and like out of you know, their utmost want for you to be happy and for you to be safe and secure with someone who like truly feels the same way about you as well. I can safely say that my parents, you know, they've supported me in every single relationship, but I think my parents are also like straight up savages because I know (laughs) right after my like last relationship, my mom told me after of the fact that we broke up that my dad told her who then told me and my dad told my mom saying, Wait, wait, wait. Can you say that one more time? You know, my dad told my mom who told me right after the fact that we broke up. So my dad told my mom saying that I do not see him as my son-in-law. And some mom told me that straight after we broke up. And I was like, you know what? Good to know. You could have told me this a little bit earlier, but thanks, Thanks. dad. (laughs) Thanks, dad. Love that. That's so funny. Yeah. My dad called my my ex a dick and said that (gasps) he was just... (laughs) I would never, I would never suspect that from your dad. Your dad is just like a wholesome person. But oh you know man, what? he had he had right to say that, and I respect him. So yeah, uh, no, honestly, my dad, my dad was just like he was just he was a jerk, like he was a dick, mm-hmm. and you deserve better. And everyone thinks my dad is wholesome, but he's like a straight savage under all of that. He's, (laughs) he just, he says what it's, what is on his mind all of the time, but not a lot of people get to see that. Right. So (laughs) this is a pretty good segue to just like maybe move into the do's of how to handle a breakup and then maybe sort of wrap it up from there. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Let's do that. It's like a nice way things, you know, just tie the loose ends just because this has been a, it's been like an up and down topic, you know, it has its yeah. ups and it has its downs like any sort of normal, normal relationship. So, but what are some of the do's that you do do <laughs> in um, a relationship or so sorry, in a breakup? In a breakup. Okay. Mm-hmm. So things that I really, really focus on is like trying to get healthy. So Ooh, um, yes. I, I don't know about you, but like for me, uh, when I'm in a relationship or something, like sometimes I get complacent <laughs> where it's just like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm like, uh, I'd much rather just like stay in or like my partner wants to stay in and then, you know, let's grab I food. Am- Yeah. Or like, let's just watch a movie or something. And it's just like, after a breakup or like after ending things, I'm just like, I want to be the hottest bitch ever. And so like, (laughs) for me, it's like, okay, I need to eat better. I need to exercise. I need to like get more active and take care of myself. That's definitely something that I actively do after a breakup. That's definitely what I did after my other breakup. And I lost like I don't know, like a lot of weight, but um, yes, it, <laughs> but th- yeah, that's something I do. What do you do? 
That's so funny because I wrote the exact same thing down. And I don't know if this is like the maybe five sips of wine that I've had, which is not a lot, but hey. Um, yeah, I wrote down here that I think the sweetest revenge is just doing better, being better, looking better. And so I think I I personally work out more during the intervals being, you know, between me having boyfriends. I don't even call them like single periods. I just call them intervals, intervals. now. It's just... <laughs> interval of like four months maybe six months if I'm lucky but like I I completely agree with you I think I do tend to work out more just because I'm like okay on one side I need to look hotter now so my ex knows that I'm doing better and then on the other side I'm like well shit I'm back in the market now so I better look like some sort of perky bright organic grass-fed produce that's like fresh off the shelf and naturally, I, I work out more and I try to like, you know, eat regularly and try not to snack too much, just being more conscious of my own weight. And then, you know, obviously and naturally as well, I pers- uh, post more thirst traps and bikini photos on Instagram. Um, <laughs> not saying that you should do that, obviously, but I think working on yourself and just pursuing your own goals and helping anything that like elevates you mentally really, really helps. So actually adding on to that, something that I do that is in relation to just changing myself is I give myself or I go and I get myself a damn haircut, like just something to change up the look. Like, I don't know what it is for me. It's just like either doing the chop. So I would have like really long hair and then I just Mm -hmm. like chop it all the way up. And then I do like a short bob and it just, I'm just like, I feel like a whole new woman. You know what I mean? Like a brand new bitch, babe. Like, That's You're exactly fresh what I feel. and fine, you know. Honestly, this is, I'm this kind is of definitely the wine and speaking. Oh my god, it's interesting. <laughs> to listen back to. It should I, be. Yeah, fun. I totally, <laughs> I totally agree. I think like you know, looking better, being better. Not saying that you look like poop before, but just feeling better and think getting a fresh new do yeah. works wonders too. Because you also feel better when you like tidy your hair up. I have, I still haven't yeah. cut my hair since <laughs> post quarantine. I'm actually going to next week. That's exciting. Another thing I wrote down is rewriting memories. You know, you have this special bond to a place or to a certain memory because you've spent that time with a special person. And I think just going back to that place or doing those special activities with family members or with friends, it gives you a whole different perspective and it gives you a whole different outlook and it gives the place and the activity a whole different meaning because you've shared that with, you know, your close friends and your family. So this is your story. You are the author. You're the main character, bitch. They're the only secondary character that pops up for season two or three solely for the character development so that's so true choose your own adventure choose your own adventure honestly like i legit avoided an entire city because i have not wanted to go there because it reminds me of my ex-boyfriend see see if you go there with like me for instance can you imagine how much fun that would be that would be so fun that's probably one of the only places we can actually go during quarantine. So maybe we should plan something. For we a should do it. Let's just go. Yeah. I actually didn't do very much of that. We're like rewriting the same memories with friends because I just, I, I don't know. It wasn't one of those things that I actually did. But I think that it would actually make me feel a lot better if I did that. Let's, let's start doing it. First things first, I'm going to take you to a French restaurant that I literally have not been to. I talked about it in Emma's interview. I literally have not been there since 
my previous relationship and it is fantastic french food well we know what we're doing this weekend so yeah we can definitely do that Ooh, they have a spring and summer menu (gasps) Ooh, i have never been to this place before oh my gosh it's right next to salvia volpe which you've always wanted to go to so i've also never been to that place so i guess we have a bucket list of places to go to and places to eat at like you don't need a boyfriend when you have me like i don't need a boyfriend when i have you making fried chicken which i had for dinner tonight (laughs) which was so phenomenal it was so good oh i'm so glad huge shout out yeah it was amazing i remember when i told you yesterday that i was just gonna have one Nah, bitch. I had two tonight. It was so good. (laughs) (laughs) This was a pretty sweet episode. I'm glad that we dove into this. Um, I think it's a nice way to sort of wrap all the dating episodes up and have this sort of in between our guest interview episodes as well. So I'm very happy with how this turned out. Please follow us on Here to Chit Talk for more behind the scenes stuff, clips and all of those cool audio wave things that Annika does on our social media. Thanks so much for listening this week. We love you guys a lot. Thank you so much for your support and tune in with us next week. Bye. Bye.